If you hear this sound, that means this episode is also featured on our YouTube channel as a video. Head over to www.youtube.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to check it out. Warning. This episode contains foul language and discussions about bigotry, violence, and monsters. Day two, yeah. This season, we're going to be covering all the same topics you know and love extraterrestrials, life after death, poltergeist, unsolved mysteries, monsters, madmen, mayhem, and more. But we're shaking up the format a bit. We still have our themed episodes whenever we have guests on the show, but each week, when it's just me and my good pal Lauren, it's going to be all about segments. Segments on segments of other segments. We're packing in as much weird as we can into each morsel, into each episode. We're taking off our themes, and we're burning them this season. We're letting our in the fire flags fly. Um, and all that matters is that the end result is strange. So, without further ado, it's time to dust off our microphones and shake out the bats that have replaced all my real thoughts in my brain and get back to weird. And by weird, I do mean work. My name is Ashley, and this is my co-host, Lauren. Hello again, weirdos. Is it just me, or was this hiatus the longest hiatus we've ever taken? It felt insanely long. It feels like we have not recorded in a year. It feels like we Has it been a year? didn't have a show. Like, I don't understand why it felt so long this year. It felt really long, and it didn't ever feel like a hiatus. I feel like oh. in the past, it's been like, no. oh, I was relaxing. I was lounging. So I guess well I can rested. do a show again. And no. We were like, I'm the busiest I have ever been. Never been busier. And never. here True. we are. I'm happy to be back. Though. Back on it the show. Feel so I am right. too. I am too. Is there anything new in your life since we saw you last, which was December of 2022? Yes. And I've said this on bonus episodes. Some um, people who are on our Patreon page have been very sweet sending me messages, but I started a teaching job. Um, So I'm actually working kind of in a full time. It's still part time because it's like a preschool and it's a short day, but I'm back to a full time stable income. Um, I still have my side. Ooh, I still have my side business of peekaboo music where I, you know, go around Los Angeles and teach, but I am in a preschool now. It's actually Wilder's preschool. So that is also fun that we get to hang out. Being around kids that much. (laughs) How do you do that? (laughs) How do I survive? Um, (laughs) I have to have a lot of coffee and I have to have 
meditation breaks when I get home, like true, true meditation. I've always tried to be into meditation. I feel like I've said this to you before where I, I try, but I'm just not For good sure. at it. But I feel like I've gotten better at it because of this job where I come home, Wilder gets shoved in his room for some quiet time, like go play with your cars. <laughs> Mom is going to zen out and lots of baths and deep breathing. Is how for I sure. Survive. Yeah. But other people's kids I can tolerate. That's the thing. Like I really can put up with some BS from other kids knowing like it's okay. They're going home to their parents, but it'll be, it's so funny because I'll be like using my gentle voice, my gentle teacher voice with the other kids working through conflict, conflict resolution. And then Wilder does something across the playground. And I'm like, Hey, and you're like, hey, you get over here right now. You like, son oh, of a I bitch. Have to, yeah. I was like, I have to use that voice with him at school, but yeah, I have no patience for that boy. Well, I started going What's to going the gym and you're a gym rat. Now. I'm a I gym forgot. rat now. Um, lifting weights, running car. You know what? Here's the thing though. Here's what's cool. Okay. For, let's get this out of the way. Do I like it? Start no, I don't. And sure. I don't believe people who do. Like no, I've been going for about a month and a half now. And the first thing anyone ever asked me is like, do you like it? Or like, do you like it yet? Or is it better now? No, it's not. It's still as horrible as the very first day I went. I fucking uh -huh. hate it. But what I do like, and this sucks, is that um, going to the gym regularly makes you feel better. I know those things are true. It's so it's dumb. Releasing the the good brain feelings. <laughs> I wish it is what I but it does. Uh, so I'm gonna keep going, I guess. Uh, um, good for you, though. Yeah, and on the progress that I made is pretty stellar. I I did this because I'm turning 35 this month, and. Woo! So soon. It's the first year, like I've kind of joked about it before, like once you turn 30, everything goes to hell. But this is the first year that I've noticed physical changes where like um, I've been twisting my ankle a lot where it's like, what? And it's like, yeah, you're going to start like doing that. You're dying. Your cells are dying. <laughs> it's like, apart. oh, cool. You're not well. Um, I'm losing my, I lose my balance easier. Like it's harder, like d stretching is like more important. So I was like, okay, you know what? If I want to still be able to like move at 55, I have to do something about that today. Sure. That's really smart. That's so responsible of you. Honestly, so you're so mature. I am. I'm so, so mature and I'm so brave. I also listen to this. Oh yeah. Oh, we love it. Guess what? That's Diet a fucking Coke. Diet Coke, bitch. Diet Coke, y'all. I've, I've joined Obviously. I've joined the cult. Yeah, are you like addicted? Honestly, addicted? no shame. No, I have like one a day weekdays. And it's because okay. coffee was like getting, I don't know. It was like giving me heartburn and stuff, but I still like yep. the caffeine. So whatever, totally. here we are. I know I have to have caffeine, but I agree. I feel like coffee has been giving me more heartburn than usual too. And I, yeah, I just have that general feeling that I'm falling apart. So you are, you are, my, you are. we are, you're, you're my inspiration. I do <laughs> need to get back to exercising. Even if like Wilder doesn't allow for me to go to a physical gym, like I could do stuff on YouTube, on my TV. Like I've just put in no effort to yeah. 
exercise and I need to. Well, and I saw this thing uh, yesterday or the day before, this woman on TikTok who's like a physical therapist and she works with like older people a lot. And she was saying there are four things that you should do every single day starting now, like in your 20s and 30s. You should do these every single day and you should never stop. And those four things are when you get out of a chair, don't use your arms. So just use your legs. Just stand up out of the chair. Don't like push yourself out of the chair. So when you stand up, <laughs> just like that, you did a really good job. Um, so that's how you do it, folks. Don't use your arms when you get out of a chair. Just stand up. Yeah. Um, the other ones are make sure you can get up off the ground. So if that, you're on the ground, just honestly, make sure that you can stand up from the ground because that that's something that hard. happens when you're older. Another one is you should be able to lay on your stomach without any like pain. Um, and if there is pain, you need to start stretching. And she was like, um, you know, obviously you should be able to sleep on your stomach, but that's not comfortable for a lot of people. But a lot of people right. can't lay on their stomach because they can't turn their heads. And a lot of people don't realize that they can't turn their heads until they're asked to turn their head. Interesting. And then it's like, oh, and I can't remember the fourth one. Son of a bitch. Well, I guess that one is <sighs> what's going to kill me. <laughs> that's gonna be the death of you right there i learned this 24 hours ago and i've already forgotten it hi guys uh welcome hey. to season seven of keep it weird we hope your bodies are doing great uh one major upgrade this season is that we get to hear your voices that's right we're taking call-ins and maybe sometime we'll do like a live call-in type thing but what you're gonna get to do this year is call the number on your screen 626-686-1821 and leave us a message the message can be a segment idea a story you want covered a question you want answered a scary story that i can add sound effects and like music to we love that. You could tell your own listener ghost stories. Um, you can call and ask for advice. Like, literally, whatever you want to do, call the number, leave us a message. Uh, again, 626-686-1821. Leave us a message, and you might actually hear that message on a future episode of Keep It Weird. So I think How exciting. that's cool. I think that is so cool. I can't wait to hear all of your voices. Like, we get to write back and forth with you on social media, but... To have a voice message from you will be fabulous. It's going to be wonderful. And um, speaking of segments, so we're just going to get right into it. Like I said, our show's going to be full of segments. We're freshening up the show. We want to bring you into our brains a little bit. And make sure you comment below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, call in. Leave us a comment on Instagram or DM us. Tell us what segments you want to hear more of. So we know that you like them and we'll have them in future episodes. So have some favorites. Let's get started with our first segment. What if God was one of us? What if God was one Just of us? That <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was ready. I know you were so ready. Ready to be our taken first to segment. What if God was one of us? That's going to be our theological segment. Oh, this... okay. I love it. We'll probably end up being one of our more controversial segments, so it's very brave sure. of me to bring this to the first episode of I the season. Your courage. But it's very so topical. Um, it's extremely topical with some horrible shit that's going on in the world, so I, I feel like it's important, and I'm going to say it. 
when I say theological too, I mean, it can be anything. We They could be questions we have for each other, uh, stories about religion, theories about God. We just, we talk about our spirituality a lot on the show and like, you know, the problems we have with our own spirituality, with like other people's spirituality. So I figured like this is a good thing to have like a segment for because we bring it on the right. show quite a bit. We do. We do. We tend to do that. This week, I was thinking, if God reincarnated on Earth with us today, the biblical God, the mm-hmm. bearded heaven, heaven send you man. to hell God. Man of the clouds. Okay. What would she... What would she not be surprised to see? Because here's the thing. Like, your everyday Christian thinks of God as, like, Santa Claus. She sees you when you're sleeping. She knows when you're awake. She's aware of every thought in your head. But it's way more likely, if the biblical God exists, that he created us, taught us how to live a godly life, and then goes off and does other stuff, creates other worlds, et cetera, et cetera. And then comes back to check in on us every once in a while. See what we're doing, see what we're struggling with, teach us and remind us of our spiritual selves and where we come from, right? Jesus did it. Before him, Horace did it. Uh, Quetzalcoatl did it. Mm-hmm. It's happened before. It would happen. Uh, uh, it would make sense that it would happen again. So I have a little history lesson today. It's very cool. If God was here today, what would she not be surprised to see? And the answer is drag queens, um, non-binary people, trans people, the entire scope of the LGBTQA plus community, challenging gender norms, because actually they have existed since the beginning of time. So let's talk about it. Non-binary people were present in Mesopotamia, ancient Mesopotamia, which is the earliest civilization that we know of. They had records of people who were neither male nor female. And not only that, but their gods created these people for specific reasons. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't like, oops, like why, why'd that one turn out that way? Like these were people that were created that way for a reason. Mm-hmm. Ancient Egypt described three different genders, um, male, female, and Saket. The Scythians were ancient nomads from the year 7 BC who actually honored gender nonconforming people. So biological men who lived as women, biological women who lived as men. These people were honored as priests and warriors, wise ones. Amen. We love to see it. Native Americans recognized a myriad of genders. And even classic Judaism had up to six genders. And that was in like year fucking one. Right. The beginning of time. Literally the beginning of time. I had no idea, but that is incredible. I love that. All of these ancient civilizations not only had more than two genders, celebrated more than two genders, but like those people were not outcasts in society. They were actually a part of society. Sometimes they were even honored in society. So the Christian God would not be surprised at all to come here today and see these lovely members of mankind in fact it seems to me you're the fucking weird one right you (laughs) the ones who (laughs) banned drag in tennessee and the ones who refuse to use pronouns you're the fucking weirdo you're the one that's incorrect 
you're the problem, it's you. You're the problem, it's you. And here's the thing. Truly. I don't want anyone coming to me being like, they mean it political. It's not political. You're the only one making it political. It's not political to me. It doesn't have to be political. No. They're just people. It sounds like these people were also created in God's image and are loved sounds by like God. It. This God that you worship and talk about. I think all of these people are here for a reason. God wanted them here. God would come on down and say, wow, love this drag brunch. Love this drag reading love in the this library. Drag brunch. I'm attending it all. I think God would be stoked and want to party with those people because God created those people. And y'all are the losers. You're losers. I'm just going to say it. You're losers, fucking truly. losers. Um, so that was my What If God Was One of Us segment. Our next segment today is a fan favorite. I'm actually passing it off to Lauren for what I can only assume is a very silly, silly story. <laughs> um, we all miss doing This Week in Weird, this our week. wonderful YouTube show from days past. Um, I slip it into the newsletter, though. I usually have one or two news stories in there. However... I wanted to bring back to the show something oh so silly, as Ashley said. It's Lauren's Derp Corner. Ooh. Never gets old. This is our weird news segment. It falls into the category of derpiness, but it also is, it's a little sad, so... It's, it might be, no, it's not that upsetting because even the articles I was reading, people were laughing at it. So you can create your own opinion here. End of last year, late 2022, a UK man sustained what looked like car crash injuries <laughs> after being attacked and essentially pushed down his staircase by someone he loved. Mitch McConnell? And trusted. <laughs> Uh, you'd think. Also, your Instagram was hilarious about, about Mitch McConnell. That you sorry, sorry. Um, loved it. Not being a good um, Christian now, am I? <laughs> <laughs> Won't tell anybody. So, pushed down the stairs, attacked by someone he loved and trusted, this man's Egyptian hairless sphinx kitten. No. Chris Rowley, age 59, had been at his home on a Sunday in late October 2022 when the hairless sphinx latched onto his leg... What we can only assume is in a playful way, which reminds me of when Gabby attacked you. <laughs> and as he tried to shake free gently just to get the kitten out of the way and he didn't want to, you know, step on his cat. This is a kitten, right? Yeah. A new kitten. Um, he's trying to shake it free, but then he loses his balance. The cat gets kind of mixed up in his feet and he tumbles down his entire wooden staircase. Wow. And was left just broken at the bottom. It was nine broken ribs a fractured spine, and a crack in his skull causing a big bleed in the brain. Dude almost died. Like, horrific. Yeah, he was lying in his own blood. That's why I was like, sorry, it is, it's a little gross and sad, but he does live. But he had to lie in this broken down position for 14 hours <gasps> because his partner Jackie was working the night shift and didn't return home until the next morning. His phone was dead, so he couldn't call anyone else. Always charge your phone, kids. I know. And he didn't have life alert or anything. You know, you think of those bracelets people wear. He had nothing, so he just had to lie there. I think at one point he tried to kind of shimmy himself but didn't make it far. And when his partner Jackie finally did get home, she reported saying that she could tell he had shifted because of, like, the blood and his positioning, Ugh. but that she just found 
this broken man and immediately took him to the hospital. Oh, this was another funny part that adds to the derpiness. When she did find him at the bottom of the stairs, the cat was sitting on his chest. <laughs> Just like... The cat was like, look what I did. Whoop, whoops. <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> the cat was like, so here's what happened, okay? <laughs> While you we were gone. <laughs> While you were away. Um, or just like, don't fuck with me. I don't know How what kind of attitude How unlucky could you be? I mean, the amount of times that I've had a kitten who has made me fall down is uncountable. I, they they just do that. They, mm-hmm. they try and, like, climb up your legs and... It can like be kind yes. of painful even though they're being sweet <sighs> your legs right. can get tangled in them this guy happened to just be at the top of a staircase <laughs> the top of a long staircase and then the dead phone and his partner working wow. for 14 hours it's storm. like everything <laughs> the perfect storm so she was able to call emergency services for our buddy chris um he is a professional musician from england um, he seems like a sweet old man in the photos you can find online. He was rushed to the hospital where he was kept for two weeks while he was healing and he needed to be kept for monitoring because of the severe head injury. You can't mess around with those. So he was in the hospital for a damn minute. And when he was finally released, um, it was even though he, you know, is back home and he's going to be okay. Right. He is, he has such a long recovery journey, so he can't work. For the next six months, he can't drive a car. Like, so, so many things were going against him, unfortunately, because of these horrific injuries from a cat. (laughs) But the good news is that that there is some faith in humanity. And a bunch of people, when they heard his story online, set up a GoFundMe. Hell yeah. And are sending him money while he is out of work. And I think, you know, people were trying to provide them meals and just help the family the best they could. And sweet Chris is like, I hold no ill will. It was just not like we got her rid, of, rid of the cat. <laughs> Throw the cat in the dumpster. No, he's like, I still love my cat and he's going to stay. He was just a silly kitten as he sits there with his neck brace at home. So sweet, sweet man. The cat is absolutely fine as well, if anyone was concerned. Good. Um, and as Ashley said, the last little bit um, about she has tripped over her own cats. I'm sure we've all tripped over our pets. They get tangled up in our legs. They, they sure do. think they're being playful. Giant dogs don't know their own strength and jump on top of you thinking it's going to be a little wrestling match. But I looked it up. In the U.S., at least, there are 90,000 injuries per year from tripping over pets. Wow. I didn't think it was going to be that high, but... I mean, it makes sense, but still. Well, and a lot of the times you trip over your pet because you overcorrect because you don't, Mm -hmm. like, want to step on your cat. So you, like, whoa, and then you end up tripping. Whereas if you just kept walking, you would have been fine. You would have been just fine. They would have moved. They would have survived. Yeah, Gabby, I always think of that. Gabby, Gabby was like a Buddhist in the sense that, like, she never Buddhist. hurt a fly. Like, she wouldn't even kill a bug. Like, she was just, she was all peace, no no violence, no pain. Um, uh, except, unless your name was Lauren Ogle, because she bit the shit <laughs> out of you. She did. I had that injury. Thank God it was you. Like, no offense, but thank God it was you and not like someone I barely knew, like a guest who came on the show or something. And then was like, That's I'm going to sue you. It would have been, be like, um, been so awkward. No, please don't. Then it was just I know, a friend. It was just me. And what was upsetting was I thought Gabby was my girl. I thought we yeah. I thought we were pals for life. It came out of nowhere. But 
we both think she was protecting she was. Pen Pen. She thought I the was thing is, is like, lunging I think you, you were Gabby's girl, but Penny was more of Gabby's girl. Which I get. I get it. You know, I can't Listen. compare. So, yeah. Those cats will get you. Most exactly. of the injuries are actually because of dogs, because they don't know their own strength. But, um, yeah, 90,000 a year. I was just like, damn. So I have a, a, a new segment for the show. Lauren, I need you to do me a favor. You're actually going to introduce this segment, but um, I need you oh, to follow no. my directions. I just okay. sent you an email, so go to your Gmail, open that bad boy up, and uh, – Read it out loud without reading it first, please. Just read it out loud like you were asked to read aloud in class. Hello, my name is Lauren and I'm an Australian news anchor with an Australian accent and this is Australian news. Australian news. This is Australian, Australian news. news. I really no I need <laughs> oh, the accent that has haunted me since this podcast began. Yeah. That still was incorrect. It was going British, I think. Honestly, you did so much better than I thought you would. I thought we'd have to start the whole sentence over, but you really kind of, you adapted. I appreciate how quick you were. Um, and oh. I'm going to be honest. I created this segment solely to hear Lauren's Australian dialect, and I'm not ashamed Australia. of it. Australia! Australia, mate. But I actually do have some compelling uh, Australian news. So do tell. There is a special group of police officers in Queensland, Australia, who are known as super recognizers. These are people in the top 1% of the population who are born with the ability to recognize and remember a face forever. Whoa. Senior Sergeant Chris Triton was identified as a super recognizer and is now assisting the Queensland police alongside a group of about 20 officers with the same skill all across the state. And these people are being used to identify persons of interest from the 10 million faces on their police database, and they do it better than a computer can. No way. Yeah. So, so wait, did you say they're trained or do they just are no, these, these photographic are like memory photographic people? memories? Okay. There's one percent of the population that has this skill. Uh, you might not even like Super realize cool. you ne necessarily have the skill. It's like the opposite of face blindness. It's like you see a face and you'll never forget right. it. And oh, it's amazing to me. This program has been able to identify over a thousand offenders since it launched in 2009. There was even an incident in which Sergeant Triton was able to identify a rape suspect from a cold case within three minutes. They were able to reopen that case and move forward to close it. And they've branched out. They're now even used to help identify um, dead people and identify um, unidentified people in hospitals. So wow. it's not just okay. about looking at suspects. They can also go to a hospital if there's someone there in a coma and people are like, we don't even know who this person is. They Jane can, Doe. Yeah. yeah, they can actually use their skills. And these incredible. 20 people who are working for the Queensland Police Department aren't all in law enforcement. They even employ civilians that have this ability because it's so rare and it can help so much. So if you are listening or watching this and you or someone you know has this incredible ability that you want to put to good use, call your local police department and see if you can get a job. I bet you can get a pretty sweet gig. 
I would imagine so. It, it that is such a superpower to me, especially as somebody whose memory is just don't a remember bowl a thing. Don't ask me. Yeah, <laughs> nothing works. Nothing is sticking in here. So I I just cannot imagine being able to look at a face and be like, oh, never forget it. Yeah, it's here for. But that just they're superhuman. They really are. Extra, extra, read all about it. Lauren's got a question and we want to talk about it. Go questions. This segment needs work. Um, unless you enjoy the question cheer, in which case it stays forever. But <laughs> we, it's staying forever. We wanted a way to incorporate the silliness and the strangeness of Ask Me Everything, RIP, into Keep It Weird. Um, initially we thought we'd end the show with a weird question that you could all call in and answer if you like, and we'd play them on future episodes or whatever, but I have a better sign off. We're going to be doing this season. So this is just something we'd like to do throughout some episodes. We find strange questions online, ask them to each other. And it's another way that you can participate. If you want to call in and give us your answer, if it's good enough, wink, we may play it on a future Ask Me Everything over on our Patreon or even on the main show. So blah, 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 blah. Lauren, what is your weird question? Uh, well, what's upsetting is I wrote down two, which is a mistake. I should have narrowed it down because now I cannot decide which one I want to ask. I like them both so much, but I think I'm going to go with my dumber one because okay. I just love it. What celebrity would you punch in the face as hard as you could if given the opportunity? I had one pop in my head right away, and then I was like, don't be mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I really want to know. Well, and now I'm like, well, is it mean? Because it is the person I would punch in the face. Well, then I can't even yeah. think of her fucking name. She was on Community. Oh, and was she also on the show Love? Yeah, and she was in Girls. Yeah. Yep. Oh, gosh. What and did, her, I can't name her name is... Either. Jillian Jacobs, I'd punch her right in Ooh. her smug, Ooh. smug face. There's that just something about her. I'm sorry. And I'm not this, I mean, I'm usually not this person. I'm usually not the person that's like something about that person. Just, I don't like I them, but she, she is stuck in my craw. And it's so funny because we'll be watching, I'll so be like funny. so excited to watch a movie or a show and I'll be like, yeah. And then like the opening credits will have her name and Joe will just be like, uh oh. I'm like, I know. I'm automatically going to uh, like it less because I just want to fucking, uh, I just want to hit her. Well, clearly you're not alone. And now I'll be curious if any of our listeners write in or like, I totally agree with you because all you had to say was community. And I didn't even skip a beat. I was like, yep, that main girl who's you also like, on the show. Yeah, love because it's, it's not, not Allison Brie. Brie. It's literally that Allison. angel. It's, she's perfect. Yeah. No other female on that show annoys me the way Jillian does. So I'm totally with you on that one. And I actually have a similar one, and I feel bad about it. She's, like, won Academy Awards, and she was in one of my favorite childhood movies. Okay. But as she's gotten older, I just want to smack the shit out of her. Sweet, but not sweet to me, Anne Hathaway. I just Anne, I can't with oh, her. Anne. Anne. She, oh, Anne. I, I used to love her. I will say she's just gotten punchable as time Yeah, as for gone. sure. She's definitely gotten more punchable, at least. Joe and I had this conversation recently, actually. Um, and I don't remember what spawned it. I don't remember if we were watching something or we heard a story about a celebrity. I think we were probably watching a podcast on YouTube or something. We heard someone tell a celebrity story that was like, whoa, wasn't that weird? The reality of it is 
and we worked in in film and TV, and I've met a handful of celebrities from living in LA. The reality of it is, most celebrities are fucking weird. Mm-hmm. If you have one, you're either one in the industry, you're in the bubble. So you've grown up in that area. It makes you weird. Sorry. Right. Or you're the kind of person who can persevere through what you have to persevere through to get to the point of being a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And it makes you weird. In general, if you were to spend any amount of time privately with a celebrity you would be like this is the weirdest fucking person i've ever met i truly believe totally. that i agree because and especially if they're in that tortured artist uh, you know realm that yeah it's like they're gonna miserable be to talk to yeah. but also when you think about it all celebrities are just fucking theater kids mm-hmm. who got famous which, yeah. which like that's sorry if you're a theater kid i was a theater kid I they're theater unbearable kid. people <laughs> like me hi. hi well that is the thing is I that's what's even weirder and I've had this conversation with somebody recently too that's how I like thought of this when the question came up but um I feel like if I was famous and was to Anne Hathaway's level I would be exactly like her Probably. so I don't know if it's also this insecurity that's bubbling up inside of me of like that's what I will become because she is just a giant theater kid that like is she's the most extra on the spectrum of theater kids. I feel like that. I just look at and say, yeesh, but I would be exactly like her and I can't deny that. So I think maybe Maybe that's why you want to punch myself in the face. Well, and also more topical. I want to punch Tom Sandoval in the face. And Tom Schwartz. Scandoval. Scandoval. I am fired up as I know everyone listening is about the recent, (laughs) <laughs> that was a joke you guys probably don't even know what the fuck we're talking about uh no it's vanderpump rules okay the bravo darling that is vanderpump Ooh. rules there's a cheating scandal if you don't know about it you live under a rock because it has Truly. shaken up the entire world um i know yeah that's why i felt bad though because like i could pick so many people who have been right i could have said bill cosby yes like people who are pure evil on this earth. Truly. It's, it's and I was like, like oh, Jillian Jacobs, face, she's got a punchable yes. face and I hate her. But that's why I like this question because I want people to answer like kind of with this under the radar, unexpected person. Because it'd be easy for a lot of people to say, I'm going to punch Donald Trump in the face, Mitch McConnell. You know, I like to, I like hearing that yeah. Jillian Jacobs. Who's your personal, like, Gillian. Yeah. Who's your yeah. personal, I would punch them in the face celeb. Yeah, write in. Tell us who your uh, punch punchable celeb is and and why. I want to know. I want to know your dumb petty reasons for wanting to punch these people yes, in the face. Exactly. I'd be interested to see too because we both chose women. I know we're the rudest. Well, and I wonder if that's because we are women. Like, if we were to ask a man, right. would they automatically choose a man or a woman? I don't know. First one that pops in your head. That's what we did. Yeah. I need to think of a segment name for this one and like a cool intro. Yeah. But this is Monster Watch. There's two of them across the creek at the big rocks. Maybe like a siren. Monster Watch. Oh. 
now or yeah or like a creepy va- no. face is monster monster lock yeah something like that i don't know when you listen to this you're gonna be like wow i can't believe she thought of something so brilliant um but for now i have nothing so <laughs> something i think is really cool we're on year seven of this show there are definitely some points where I'm like, Lauren, we've done it all. We've shared all the weird things. How do we mm-hmm. do this? How do we keep going? And then you research a, sh- a story and you're like, how the fuck have I not heard this story before? Like, who wronged me? Who kept this information <laughs> from me? And also, how dare you while we're on the subject? So I was talking to this old man at a gas station because that's my life now. And mm-hmm. he had noticed something about me. I think I, I had like a hat on that had an alien on it. And I obviously looked a little different than most people who come into that gas station. And he asked me what I did. And honestly, most of the time when I encounter these situations, I just tell people my day job because I don't want to get into it. I have places to be. Right. But something told me to tell this guy about the podcast. So I told him and he was like, oh, so I'm sure you know about the big muddy monster then. And I was like, the whoosie whatie whatsy the big muddy what what um what did you say so as in the big muddy river like what are you talking about and he said yes and i said tell me more so he did and it was lovely and i wish more strangers told me about monsters take notes people me too you meet me tell me about a monster i don't know so today i'm going to tell you the story of the big muddy monster oh i'm excited our story takes place in murfreesboro illinois where on earth is that? Oh, you don't know where? Okay, so it's about three hours south of me now. Um, so it's probably, okay. what, like four hours south of Peoria. But yeah. it's ten minutes away from SIUC. It's like the town oh, right next okay. to uh, Carbondale, Marion, like Carbondale. that area. Oh, then I've probably, like, driven You absolutely it. have. Right yeah, okay. The Big Muddy River, for anyone who doesn't know, it's about 156 miles long in southern Illinois. It joins up with the Mississippi River and has a lot of different tributaries that Illinoisans, including myself, have definitely swam in. Rend Lake and Crab Orchard Lake being two of them. I've swam in those a million times. So, shortly before midnight on June 25th, 1973, Two consenting adults named Randy Needham and Judy Johnson were hanging out in a parked car on the town's boat ramp by the Big Muddy River. We don't need to speculate what they were doing, okay? But at one point, the couple heard a loud sound coming from the woods next to the car. And it was shocking enough that Needham quickly snapped off the radio and they both held their breath to listen. And almost immediately, another sound... They described it as an amplified eagle shriek. They looked out the front window. Why weren't they in the front seat, you may ask? None of your business, okay? We're not going to speculate what they were doing. None of your beeswax. But they looked out the front seat and saw, lumbering towards the open window, by the way. Okay, fools. A light-colored, hairy, eight-foot creature whose fur was matted with mud. And apparently this thing got so close it touched the car, almost as if to open the door, but it clearly didn't quite know how to open the door. And as the couple screamed, the creature fled back in the woods. Now, Randy and Judy went to the police station and they filed a report. The police, who maybe would have waved this off at any other time, took interest in this report because, you see... Judy Johnson was married at the time. 
and not to Randy Needham. Oh no, not to her friend she was crocheting with in the, in car. the car in the back seat. So when they made Crochet the report buddies. of this monster, knowing full well that their tryst would be discovered, the cops didn't think that they would risk that if they weren't legitimately terrified and worried about this okay. creature. So later on the next day, an officer named Jimmy Nash was out in the area trying to find evidence of this thing because they believed them. And he was actually inspecting some large footprints he found in the mud next to the river when he heard, as he described, the most incredible shriek I ever heard. It was in the bushes. It was no bobcat or screech owl. It was nothing we'd ever heard before, and we hightailed it out of there. And they actually jumped and ran away so fast that he even dropped his revolver and had to go back later for it and that's something it's just gone yeah no sorry i lost my gun that's something else about these murfreesboro like southern illinois cops these guys were all raised in these towns they know the flora and fauna of the area they've spent time in the woods they've spent time in the river so when one of them says that a scary sound they've never heard before made them run away terrified i sorry i believe them yeah yeah absolutely more officers were dispatched to the area and they searched the riverbank for hours. They were following a strange splashing sound, like something was walking through knee deep water, but they did not find anything. The next day, uh, on page three of the Southern Illinoisan, there was a 200 word article about the sighting of the creature. They graciously left out the couple's name, uh, but no one really cared. It's kind. They were like, meh, probably an owl. Like, no one took note of this monster. No one was buying it. But one night later, June 26th, a woman named Nedra Green was getting ready for bed around 10.30 p.m. when she heard a shrill, piercing scream come from out by her shed. And it was a sound they had heard multiple nights in a row. And she even told her her husband, there it is again. At the same time, their four-year-old son, Christian, ran in the house from the backyard where he was, like, running around chasing fireflies. And he was screaming for his dad, Daddy, Daddy, there's a big ghost outside. And his father wasn't convinced until he heard his neighbor's side of the story. Because at the same time, a teenage couple was sitting on their porch and they had heard the shriek as well. They ignored it, continued their conversation or smooching, like whatever they were doing, who cares? Their names were Randy, again, Randy apparently is the most popular name in Murfreesboro. Truly. Their names were Randy Creeth and Cheryl Ray. A few minutes after the shriek, they saw something move in the brush near the porch. So Cheryl went to turn on an outside light, and Randy went to investigate. The moment the porch light came on, it stepped out from the bushes. An eight-foot-tall creature resembling a gorilla that had long, shaggy, white, matted, dirty hair and smelled horrific. So the couple stared at the creature as it stared back only 15 feet apart from one another. And it was only 30 to 40 seconds, but they said it felt like an eternity before the creature turned and crashed off through the bush and through the river, towards the river. Randy, who, by the way, this is just like a fun fact, uh, was the son of a state trooper and grew up to be a minister at the First Baptist Church in Sheffield, Iowa. Randy said, the thing I remember was the bulk of it, the shape, the human form for sure and the stench of what I assume was river slime that was all over it. It was about eight feet tall and at least as stocky as a professional football player. We were within 15 feet of it, close enough to see the body, the texture of the fur, and hairy, like an English sheepdog. 
So like details, we have so many details. Yeah. This thing wasn't seen from like a mile away. This thing was seen right. like up close and <laughs> right up close. You're getting that stench in your and nostrils. And you can smell yeah. it. Cheryl Ray, who eventually Oof. became Cheryl Rath, a housewife with two kids, also described it as tall and hairy. She said, I think it was white, but it was really dirty and matted. It had a real bad odor. It was really rank. I never smelled anything like it. It seemed like an eternity we stood there. And then it just turned around and walked off into the woods, and we could hear it trampling through the woods as it got further away from us. Both Cheryl and Randy added an interesting piece of information on this creature that's common in Bigfoot sightings. They said that at one point the creature's eyes reflected a street light and that they glowed red. As opposed to, you know, a cat or something that would glow white or yellow. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine just seeing red eyes looking back at you. Oh, I would not. I just, I'd get trampled and die. I won't survive moments. No, I'm glad this is not happening to me. Poor Jimmy Nash. <laughs> Here he comes again. Jimmy Nash. He's got his revolver oh. back. Uh, he's just got over the fright of looking for this thing, and he uh, has to show up. He, he had to answer this call, too. So Jimmy Nash, along with Officer Manwaring, were dispatched to the scene. Where they did, they took note of a powerful odor in the area as they were taking the teenager's statement. So they smelled whatever had been there before. They also found a cluster of large footprints where the kids pointed out the creature had been. Chief Toby Berger immediately dispatched the rest of the men to the scene, all 14 of Murfreesboro's officers at the time, and even sent wow. for an officer and a trained dog handler from the Carbondale Police Department, a man named Jerry Nellis, who, along with his German Shepherd, Reb, had assisted the Murfreesboro Police in the past on different search and rescue teams. The dog actually did pick up a scent and led them to a trail of strange blackish slime that led to the river. No. The dog ended up leading them through the woods. Um, they did find more of the black slimy stuff, and it ended up leading them straight to an abandoned barn on the property of a family named no. Buller. But once Reb got to the door of the barn, he did something he had never done before. He began trembling and yelping with fear. Nellis even tried to grab Reb by the scruff of his neck and push him through the door, but Reb dropped to his belly and scampered backwards, whimpering. The officers, including the chief, were legitimately so scared they called in for more support. The radio They radioed for help to neighboring police departments, but by the time they all showed up and everyone went into the barn, they didn't find anything, just a really bad smell, and the back door to the barn wide open. I don't know why anyone didn't think to surround the barn, but here we are. Right? Just, you have, there's so many of you. Back up on there's back up on back. There's 14 of you. Like, some, some of <laughs> you may go to the circle. other side. Circle round. The search was called off. Everyone went home. But over the next few weeks, nerves were on edge. Chief Berger actually said at one point he was worried less about this creature and more about someone in town getting gun happy and accidentally shooting a fellow Murfreesboro resident, especially since posses of good old boys were getting together armed and walking around the edges of the woods. Like, that's a recipe for disaster. Someone's going to die. Absolutely. The next reported encounter, this one's my favorite. I don't know why. It seems like a movie, I think. 
The next reported encounter took place about 10 days later after a traveling carnival set up camp in Riverside Park. Since they were passing through, none of them had heard the reports of the weird creature or knew about the posses of men with guns, nothing like that. But at 2 a.m. on July 7th, after the carnival was closed up for the night and everything was packed away, three carnies. Is it offensive to say carny? As it was coming out of your mouth, I had that same thought. I don't think so. They work at a carnival. Carney, right? They work at a carnival. Okay. Yeah, we're not saying a trash basket. <laughs> I think Carney's okay. Okay, cool. But, well, hey, somebody listen, let us know. Yeah, if it's, if it's a offensive, let me know, and I, call I, I won't. Out. I won't call them that anymore. I'll call them trash baskets. So three. <laughs> Sorry about it. Diet Coke. Three carnies named Otis Norris, Ray Adkerson, and Wesley Lavender were sitting be- Wesley Lavender. Wesley Lavender, oh, excuse I me. Breathe. They were sitting beyond one of the carnival trucks shooting the shit when they heard the carnival ponies start whinnying. Uh, these were the ponies that like walked in a circle that like little kids could ride. Right. Super docile, didn't really make a peep on their off hours, and they were starting to get audibly upset about something. So these three guys jumped up to go check it out, thinking some like mangy dog or coyote or something was nipping at them. When they got to the ponies, they said that the ponies' eyes were rolling in terror. They were furiously tugging at their ropes trying to get free. And at that moment, they noticed something crouched down and watching these ponies. And it stood up. And these guys claim they saw an eight-foot creature that had to be close to 400 pounds. They said it was calmly watching the ponies, but that it scared them so bad they ran away. And the creature turned around and ran the opposite direction at the same time. And about an hour later, another carnival worker had come in, probably had to have been their boss. His name was Charles Kimball. He came to check out the situation, and he, too, saw the creature. He said it was in a deeply curious pose with its head cocked to one side, watching the ponies as if it didn't know what they were. Wow, 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 wow. I have full body chills. Full body chills. That is a horror movie. It's a horror movie. That is a horror movie. When you made that cute face and said it's like a movie, I thought we were going to have a little meet cute where Sasquatch met a woman from no. the town and they fell in love. But instead, Mm-mm. it was a nightmare. There's no Harry. There's no Hendersons here. It is just a uh, monster. That was my hope. Oh, so Chief, no, <laughs> Chief Berger really started to get worried now because after the locals heard about what the carnies saw, who definitely weren't spooking themselves because they didn't even know about this creature uh, when they yeah. saw it, a large group of armed locals went to Riverside Park hoping to kill the creature. This sounds like Frankenstein's monster. It, it's giving... It's giving Beauty and the Beauty Beast. The beast. Where they all, Let's kill the beast! <laughs> yeah. um, it was after this, Berger requested expert help come to their area from out, outside. Like, we're a small town in southern Illinois. We obviously don't know how to handle having a mythical creature on our hands. So... There were even private groups that had heard about these sightings and offered as much as $2.5 million for the creature's capture. A local zoo was even standing by, and arrangements had been made for a cage to be flown in by helicopter. Jeez, oh man. Like, how have I never heard of this? There was was no question this thing existed. It was just a matter of if they could find it, if they could get their hands on it. 
I can't believe this many people were involved and this wasn't national news. Seriously. I just can't believe we haven't heard this story yet. It was. The New York Times did uh, a story on it at the time. They got a hold of the story. They published it. Um, But obviously the expedition to catch the the beast was unsuccessful. Um, The men who went on like the different search parties all claimed they heard loud guttural sounds. They heard roars. They heard shrieks. They smelled the smells. They found a ton of huge footprints. Uh, You can find pictures of the footprints online. And um, they even found like two inch sapling trees that had been like pulled straight out of the ground that had the strange black smelly slime on them. So like evidence of the creature was found, but the creature was never found. Um, and it definitely seemed like the creature decided to leave because after that there were sporadic reports in the area, like, um, January 6th, 1975, for example, four separate truckers, all of whom were traveling separately, had radioed in reports of a strange white bear-like creature near the Illinois 149 Junction, which is just west of Murfreesboro. On July 7th of that year, two Murfreesboro men reported a sighting of a creature that sounded the exact same as the Big Muddy Monster near a pond. Uh, But this was a few miles north of Murfreesboro, so maybe it, it traveled north. But other than that, it seemed like the monster was gone. And kind of went on its merry way. Yeah. To quote Chief Berger on this one, he said, a lot of things in life are unexplained and this is just another one. We don't know what the creature is, but we do believe what these people saw was real. Dang. That is wild. One of my all-time favorite parts of this story, actually, is you can look through the case file itself on the town of Murfreesboro's website, you just go to murfreesboro.com. Murfreesboro is Murphy, M-U-R-P-H-Y-S-B-O-R-O, S-B-O-R-O dot com. Spur. If you hover your mouse over how do I at the top and then go to find and then click on Big Muddy Monster, from there you're going to find a link to a case file and it's several, I mean, it's like 50 pages long. There's digital scans of police reports from 1974, um, letters that came in from people all over the world expressing interest, including the director of Isotech Research Institute from Jamestown, New York. There are artist sketches made from the description of eyewitnesses and even photos taken by the Murfreesboro Police Department. That is so cool. Why I know what my evening activity will be. <laughs> Something was Looking there. The big report. muddy monster is real. We yeah. just don't know what exactly what it, it is. is. Yeah. yeah. Um today like people witnessing it. Yeah. Far. Today, if you visit Murfreesboro, may uh be sure to check out a new town mural. Uh, it was painted in 2021. The mural features Big Muddy himself. They even have a Big Muddy <laughs> brew fest in which the Big Muddy Monster always makes an appearance uh, where all the proceeds go into funding townwide projects like dog parks and splash pads and fixing up storefront fronts. And I'm thinking the next time I visit Southern Illinois, I might have to go on a squatching adventure. Yes. I will. I mean, you can go very easily, so you should go on your own. But if I can attend, Listen. I would love to go. I want to find Big Muddy. I got to find him. He's out there. I want to see him. I mean, yeah, he's got to be around. Maybe he's he just dead by now. But but what if there were kin? We kin. can find the children. <laughs> Ugh, that... Where them kin? That actually made me think oh, of. Muddy. Do you remember that really terrifying Bigfoot movie we watched that one time? 
Yes. I think about it all called? the time. It scared me so much. I don't know. It was like documentary style. Yeah. Like, Bobcat Goldthwait actually footage. directed it, which is funny. But anyways, that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Make sure you follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast. Subscribe to the channel and like this video to help more weirdos like you out in the world find us. Check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to donate to our show and keep us going. And in return, you'll get access to over 100 bonus episodes, videos, and bloopers. You'll also get discounts on merch and a newsletter that comes out the last day of every month. Okay, it's time for our new closer. What is that? Is that bees? We're going to insert like bee buzzing sounds here because this is a segment called Hive Mind. One thing we've learned from being friends for over a decade is that sometimes we have a creepy hive mind and we think the same thoughts. We watch the same movies on the same night randomly. We cover similar topics when we aren't trying, et cetera, et cetera. So this is going to test that theory. We are going to start with Zener cards. Do you know what Zener cards are? No. Okay. Zener cards, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, they were designed by a perceptual psychologist, Dr. Carl Zener, at Duke University in, 19, in the 1930s for experimental ESP research. You've seen them before in movies like uh-huh. Ghostbusters, the very first scene of Ghostbusters. They're doing these Zener cards. And, uh, I never knew it's what they yep. were called. And um, uh, okay. I think they're in The Gift. They're probably in the opening credits of Charmed. I don't know. I have not seen the opening credits in a long time. But they're a deck of 20 cards or 25? 20 cards made up of five symbols. A circle, a square, a plus sign, a star, and some squiggly lines. Okay? So, we're right. going to put our hive mind to the test. Lauren, I'm going to send a signal directly into your brain. Now remember, it can be A, square, circle, star, squiggly line, or a plus sign. Okay? Okay. Ready? Plus sign. Alright, well, we are not psychics yet. We failed. But maybe we will be next week. In the meantime, Have a great week, guys, and keep it weird. Keep it weird.